I am really glad to be here today. And I was really glad to hear Fred's testimony. It, it, it still is. And, and you help with it, Jim. It's just encouraging. Encouraging. Guys, it's always, uh, if you don't take out your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah. Let me first tell you that. I wanna, I'm going to be in Nehemiah uh, all morning this morning and next week. So if you want to mark it, I'm, uh, uh, and so you can come back to it, Nehemiah chapter 4. Wouldn't you agree with me that it's always easier to start something than to, to finish it? It's always easier to get into something than to get out. And I'm learning here lately again that it's, it's easier to fill your schedule than to fulfill your, your schedule. It's easier to get into debt than get out of debt. Amen? And so we have setbacks, don't we? We have them. Uh, life just ain't, ain't easy. But my goal, one of my chief goals as your pastor is, is to help you finish well. If I think that, it's to help you finish well. Because I believe that part of the reason that, that God allows these setbacks in our lives is to build our character to build it make it stronger to be make us more like him if we didn't have any setbacks and everything was easy we would just be spoiled spoiled but because we have setbacks one of the biggest enemies to our spiritual maturity is discouragement we get discouraged and i want to tell you something about discouragement discouragement is is deadly discouragement can get you off track when you have a setback and, and you get discouraged sometimes it just just stops you completely and one thing i know about discouragement it gets everybody discouragement gets everyone no matter how Happy you are, and it's going to get you one of these days. So I'm going to tell you, if you come here today and you've discour you're discouraged, you picked a good day to come to church. Because we're going to talk about some, some causes of discouragement. We're going to look at a story that identifies the causes and, and, and the cures of discouragement. You ever felt like just giving up? Yeah, I think all of us have at one time. If you ain't yet, you will. But, but you're going to go through that, so we need, to, we need to know what to do. You picked a good week to come. The book of Nehemiah is, is, is wonderful. You, you know, I, I, if you're in leadership or, or management or, 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 or business or supervisor, you ought to study Nehemiah. It's a really, really good book for that. It's, it's a story of where we're going to look at today is rebuilding the city uh, uh, wall around Jerusalem. We've, they've been talking a lot, a lot about walls and building walls, but we're going to talk about the one uh, uh, way back when. The Jews had spent 70 years, back in the days of Daniel, the Jews had spent 70 years in captivity in Babylon. 
They were allowed to return to their capital city, Jerusalem. When they got there, it was a mess. The city was in ruins. But before they could rebuild the city, they needed to rebuild the wall around the city for protection against the enemies. Now, the Bible tells us that at first, everyone worked hard and they, and they worked quickly on rebuilding this wall. But just like anything else, their enthusiasm began to wear off. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They kind of got discouraged. They got discouraged because of, of four common reasons that we all get discouraged from. And, and, and I think that we can go through them today. You may see yourself in all four of these reasons that I want to give you. You may see yourself in one of them of why you're discouraged. Let's read first. I put the, the message uh, translation up there. It says, so we rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem until it had reached half its original height because the people worked at it with all their heart. But then the other tribes in our area heard about our progress and how Jerusalem walls were being repaired and all the gaps were being closed. They became very angry and they all plotted together to attack Jerusalem and create some confusion to stop the progress. So we prayed to God for protection and posted 24-hour guards. Guards, But about that time, the people of Jerusalem began to complain. They said, we're tired and worn out. We can't keep up this pace. Besides that there is so much rubble and trash to be removed, we now realize that we cannot finish this wall. Meanwhile, our enemies are threatening to kill us in order to stop this work. Then those of us who live closest to our enemies kept reporting over and over ten times that our enemies kept saying, it doesn't matter where you go, we'll attack you. We're going to look at four common causes of discouragement out of this passage. And, 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 but I want you to, to see first when, let's look at first when discouragement typically sets in. I want you to underline something in that passage. Half its original height. Half its original height. You see, this is when discouragement usually sets in. It sets in at the halfway point. It sets in at the halfway point. You know, we're not discouraged when we start something. We're all excited. And we're certainly not discouraged at, at the end. But discouragement always sets in at the halfway point, right in the middle. You look and say, oh, man, I still got half this room to paint. I still got halfway to go before I get there. I'm only halfway through college. When I was at the post office, I'd been there 15 years. I said, man, I'm only halfway. I'm only halfway and I hate it now. I'm never going to make it. And you've all heard of midlife crisis. Everyone's heard of midlife crisis. Sometimes these halfway marks are big things. Sometimes they're, they're small things. But but discouragement always sits in about the halfway point. And the Jewish people had gotten halfway building the wall. Real quick, four setbacks that can cause discouragement. Write these down. Number one, 
when something takes longer than I expected. I get discouraged when something takes longer than I expected. And when this happens, it causes fatigue. It causes fatigue. In this story, the builders had worked very hard, very, very hard. It's a lot of physical work. You can imagine back then building a wall. They didn't have all the machinery. They were exhausted. They were weary. They were worn. Slap out. Look at the first part of uh, verse 10. They said, we're tired and worn out. We can't keep up this pace. Some of you guys have been saying that this week. We're tired. Man, I'm tired. I'm worn. I just can't keep going at the pace that I'm going. Some of you said that as you drove up the driveway this morning, I believe. I'm tired. I'm wore slap out. I've put in 60 hours this week at work. Plus did everything at home. I just can't keep going at this pace. We simply run out of energy. Maybe you're here this morning. You're just run out of energy. I'm going to tell you something about me. When I don't get much sleep, I'm worthless. I am worthless. I'm, I'm ineffective. But I'm not the only one. When you're tired and when you're wore out, you can't think straight. You can't think straight. Oh, you think you're Superman. It'll catch up. It'll catch up. You know, most Americans are sleep deprived. We're sleep deprived. And I'm going to tell you something. The number one cause of discouragement is physical and emotional exhaustion. The number one cause. Don't you remember what I told you, Vince Lombardi's? You probably don't. His quote was last week, fatigue makes cowards of all of us. Fatigue makes cowards of all of us. I mean, really, how amazing it is that things look so much better after a good night's sleep. Just after a good night's sleep. You know, when things take longer than you think, you start getting tired. You start getting weary. Guys, if you don't get your rest, you're going to get discouraged. That's why God created the Sabbath. The Sabbath. You don't work seven days. You get six good days in and you rest. You got to take a day off. Old farmers used to say, a a field that rests creates a better harvest. You got to rest. Our best, if you want to be effective, our best requires rest. You ever heard of Frederick Taylor? No? Yeah? I can see y'all never heard of Frederick Taylor. But you ought to thank him every time you take a break at work. Because in the 1880s, he did a study that the worker is more effective when he takes a break every two or three hours. And America bought into it. So now, tomorrow, when you take a break, say, appreciate it, Fred. (laughs) We're more effective when we take a break. Thank him for your coffee break. Amen? Amen. 
All right. Now, now when you're tired, I'm going to tell you something else. When you're tired, you're much more vulnerable to attacks from other people, including criticism. When you're tired, it tends to, to affect you more. But people can say something about you when you're full of energy, when you're full of vitality and vigor, and it doesn't bother you. But when you're tired, it gets to you. It gets to you. Deuteronomy 25, 18 says, Never forget how the Amalekites attacked you when you were exhausted and weary, and they struck down those who began to lag behind. When you're tired and weary is when the enemy, Satan, will attack you. And here's what else I want to tell you about in the morning. When you're tired, when you're weary, you are being set up for an attack. That's why rest is important. You're being set up as an attack. It may be an attack of discouragement. It may be an attack of temptation. It may be an attack of self-pity. If you're tired right now, if you, if you walked in tired right now, you are probably going to have an attack. You're going to be attacked in some way. I won't ask you. You don't have to answer. But in your mind, I want you to answer this. How are you being attacked right now? If you're tired, and, 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 and I want to tell you, fatigue makes you vulnerable. When things take longer than expected, you're going to get tired. Here's the second kind of setback. You get discouraged when something is more complicated than expected. What that means is it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And you know what happens when it is? It causes frustration. It causes frustration. And when you're frustrated, this is going to cause discouragement. It's going to cause discouragement. This is something little. But I got this room. I, to, I told you about it before. It's just a, a sense of discouragement for me. It's called the man room. It's my room at the house. And every time Angie finds something that she don't know where it goes, it's in the man room. It's in the man room. And then... I find myself sentimental about some things. I don't throw away nothing. I'm getting better at it, but you know where it goes? In the man room. I walked in there yesterday, going to clean it up. Uh-uh. I immediately became frustrated. It was just, just too much stuff. It became complicated. You know, it, it was uh, too many decisions. I had to make some decisions. Now, I made one decision. I ain't done it yet, but I made one decision. I've got every article, a piece of clothing I ever bought, it seems like, in the last 10 years. I can't even wear it anymore. It's too big. I've lost so much weight. <laughs> but I said, you know, my day would go a lot better if I didn't have to make the decisions of what to wear. I am considering buying all the same color. Orange. 
That'd be a good decision, wouldn't it? But I thought, you know, if I just had a few pieces of clothing, I wouldn't have to make these decisions. I wouldn't have to stand here and waste 15 seconds of my time in the morning to, to decide on what to wear. Amen? But I looked around the room and it's just, I thought I must have considered all this valuable but one time, but it just looks like junk to me now. It just looks like junk. And, and so it got complicated, so I left. But I'll get back to it. Guys, anytime you go to rebuild something, a, a, a career, a relationship, a plan, a life, a family, a hobby, you're going to run into some debris. And, and, and that's frustrating. It's frustrating. But when things get complicated, you're going to get discouraged. And building this wall was complicated. They had too much junk laying around to get to. How are we supposed to get started? There's too much debris laying around. Look at the second part of that verse, uh, Nehemiah 4.10b. Besides that, there is so much rubble and trash to be removed. Piles of rubble. There was so much rubble around there, they couldn't even move. I'm going to tell you something, guys. You may not realize it, but you got too much rubble in your lives. You got too much rubble in your lives where it's emotional, emotional, relational. You may even have too many relationships. You may have too much material rubble. I got too much material rubble. In my man room. Too many things. You may need to actually simplify. Let me give you some rules of rubble. It's not in your outline, but you may want to write them down. Number one, rubble is a part of life. Rubble is just a part of life. We, you and me, we're, we're not going to avoid it. We're going to have some stuff. We're going to have some rubble in our life that we're going to have to deal with. The bigger the pile gets, the more frustrated that you're going to become. We're going to have rubble. You're going to become more frustrated about all you have to do. The second thing is, is this where I'm at? You've got to clean it out periodic, periodically. You've got to clean rubble out of your life. You gotta gotta take out the trash. You may be here, you got some rubble in your life. I'm gonna tell you the best thing. Fred said it, you gotta confess it to God. You gotta confess this rubble in your life to God. Did you hear it? You gotta confess it to God. If you don't, this rubble, if you don't do something, take it out periodically. The third rule is it will eventually take over. You ever watch trash multiply? Trash just multiplies while you're watching. Dishes pile up. I walked by my sink. I said, last night I said, not that many people live here. <laughs> they just, just pile up. Clothes pile up. I'm the only one that uses my shower. 
I don't know where all those towels came from. Clothes just pile up. Fourth rule of rubble is this. You don't always recognize what rubble is in your life, but other people do. It kind of comes in slowly. So it really doesn't look like rubble to me for a long time. But other people walk in my man room and say, what a mess. It's easy for them to see the rubble, but I've slowly become accustomed to it. I can walk in other people's houses and I'm not going to point to you. I'm thinking, you got too much crap. Too much knickknacks. I can't move. I'm scared. I don't want to sit down. I may break a porcelain clown or something. I don't know. Then I'm thinking, I don't want to be one of your kids when you die. <laughs> to have to cart this stuff away. <laughs> oh, man. But other people see the stuff in your life. They see the rubble. Sometimes our rubble holds us back. Sometimes the emotional rubble hinders us. It keeps, them, keeps us from growing spiritually, and we don't even realize it. So I want to tell you, there's some stuff you might need to clean out. I know there's stuff I need to clean out in my life. I might need to clean out some activities. I'm going to tell you something. There may be some relationships you need to clean out that is causing you to grow spiritually. There's some stuff you need to clean out, clear out in your life. Bad attitudes. I'm going to tell you something. If, if you've got some, some folks in your life that's encouraging you to, to condemn other people, to, to tear relationships apart and keep you away from people, you need to clear them out. Amen. That ain't building the kingdom of heaven up. If you've got some people that's, that's pushing some wrong thoughts in your mind, you need to clear them out. Mental, mental, physical, relational rubble in your life. Clean it out. And sometimes other people see it when you don't. What I mean by that is listen to some folks that you, that, that you love and they love you. Trust them. So what's the rubble in your life? What is rubble? Rubble's the stuff that keeps you tripping up. It's stuff that keeps you tripping up. The stuff that wastes your time. The stuff that wastes your energy. The stuff that keeps you from accomplishing what's most important. Do like Fred. Tell God what the rubble is in your life and ask for help. Be like Fred. Just ask him for help. So I got to ask you. Do you feel when I walked in the, in the man room overwhelmed right now? Do you feel sort of helpless? Ask God to remove some of the rubble in your life. Let me give you the third setback uh, of when we get discouraged. We get discouraged when, when we start to doubt our own ability. I get discouraged when I start to doubt my own ability because this causes a sense of failure. Look at the third part of that. Oh, I'm on the backside. 
the, the, the third part of that verse is the people said, we now realize it. We cannot finish this wall. We now realize we can't finish this wall. Another translation says, we will never be able to finish it. What happened? They've already built half of it. But now they've lost confidence. Self-doubt. They're saying to each other, I was foolish to ever start this. Y'all ever started a project and say that? I was foolish to start this. They've lost their confidence. Why did I start this job? Why did I get married? Amen. You start second guessing yourself. Anybody here ever second guessed herself? Yeah. Second guess the decision they made. You start filling yourself with this feeling of failure. And the first thing you tell yourself is, I can't do this. I can't do this. So my question for you is, how do you handle failure? How do you react when your plans collapse? How do you react when it takes longer than you thought? How do you react when it's more complicated than you thought? How do you re react when you start doubting your own ability. Do you give in to self-pity? Are you one to say, everybody hates me. No, nobody loves me. And do you have this, this pity party where only you are, are invited and you start complaining? No one, I know no one that says, I love to hear people complain. No one says that. How does that go? Who says that? No one ever. Something like that. Or even worse, you start blaming other people. You start blaming other people. Let me tell you something about failure. If at first you don't succeed, you're normal. You're normal. Successful people see failures as a temporary setback. As a temporary setback. Guys, we have to, to learn and receive this spiritual quality of resilience. And we have to trust God for a comeback. I told you at the beginning of this, there is no comeback without a setback. If you're in a setback right now, you're just setting up for a comeback. The fourth setback that causes us to get discouraged is when the opposition grows stronger. You get discouraged when the opposition goes stronger. Nobody notices a project when we first started. You ever notice that? No one really notices it. But as you grow... And you start becoming effective, people aren't going to like the changes. They're not going to like the changes that you make in you. They're not going to like the changes that you make in your marriage. They're not going to like the changes that you make in your family. They're not going to like the changes that you make in your job. They're not going to like the things that you're trying to do for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
the opposition starts coming against you, the more visible you become. Amen? The more visible you become, the harder you work for the Lord, the more the opposition comes. The moment, I'll give you an example. The moment you put your shingle out and you say you're open for business, then somebody's going to throw rocks at it. Somebody's going to throw rocks at your shingle. And you know what that causes? Fear. 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 When we put our rock out, when we put our shingle out as North Point Church, you remember Blake as a kid? I don't know if you remember some of it. People started writing bad things about us in the paper. The very moment we put our shingle out, they tried to get us kicked out of the high school. The very moment. Christians did. The very moment you put your shingle out for any business, people can throw rocks at it. Now you got this combination of, of fatigue, frustration, failure, and fear. <laughs> That's enough to discourage anybody. Isn't it? Let's move a little forward here. I want to give you some background. More background on this verse we just read. There were enemies in this land, in and around Jerusalem. They moved in when the Jewish people were captive in Babylon. They moved out. The Jewish people moved out, and these guys moved in. Let me tell you something. They didn't want the Jews moving back. They didn't want the wall rebuilt because then it couldn't be attacked. So the enemy, it says they were living in and around Jerusalem. The enemy began to criticize the builders. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When you start something, you're going to start getting some criticism first. And nobody woke up this morning and said, I want to be criticized today. Nobody likes to be criticized. Well, then they ridiculed the builders. What does that mean, ridiculed, for some of you from Rockmark? Make fun of you. They started making fun of the builders. A lot of us know how that feels. When, when, when you're ridiculed, you're made, you're made fun of them. Well, then they moved on to something a little stronger. They threatened them. They said, you know what? We're going to kill you. We're going to attack you wherever you're at. Look at verse 11. Meanwhile, our enemies are threatening to kill us in order to stop this work. That'll discourage you. Being threatened like that will discourage you. But I want you to look at the next verse at who got discouraged. This is important. If you don't go away from anything today, I want you to look at this next verse. 12. But let me say this. The people that got discouraged were listening to the enemy. They were not listening to God. They were listening to the wrong people. 
They were listening to non-believers. They were listening to the world and not the word. Verse 12 says, then those of us who get this right here, who live closest to our enemies, kept reporting over and over ten times that our enemies kept saying, it doesn't matter where you go, we'll attack you. Ten times. The power of repetition. Listen very carefully to what I tell you today. If you keep hanging out with negative people and you keep constantly listening to negative talk radio, negative talk TV, uh, negative social media, guess what? It's going to infest you with fear. Some of you guys need to go on a diet of negativity. You need to stop filling your mind with it. Guys, underline that. Those who live closest to the enemy. How close are you living to the enemy? How close are you living to the enemy? I got a news flash for you. Both Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, all the news is bad. And you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get discouraged. And guess what? Then you'll become fearful. What are you filling your mind with? I think the last question I have for you is this. What secret fear is causing you to be discouraged? What secret fear is causing you to be discouraged? Is it criticism? Is it embarrassment? Is it inability? Is it you're scared of of nobody's going to love you if they know the real you? How do you know that fear is motivating you? I'll tell you this. When you want to run away. When you want to give up. When you want to quit halfway through. That's how you know. Those are the four causes of discouragement. Those are the four things that's going to make you want to give up. I want you to know those this week. If you're discouraged, I want to tell you next week, I want to tell you what God will do to rescue you and what you can do in the power of Jesus to have a comeback. Let's pray. My Lord, I pray for the folks that that are discouraged today. Lord, I know we're going to have to do some tough things. We got some well-meaning folks that are discouraging us. We got some well-meaning good folks
that want to stop us halfway. So, Lord, I pray that my folks get the proper rest. That they're not tired and, and weary. I ask you, Lord, that they not get frustrated with the rubble that's around them. That they focus on the word and not the world. And my Lord, I pray for these, my folks' relationships with good people. But if those folks are, are, are encouraging them to sever ties with folks and condemning, I pray that they remember there is no condemnation in you. Lord, I pray that there be no, no spirit of fear. Where you are, there is no spirit of fear. Where you are, there is no darkness. And Lord, if we're not teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we ain't teaching. Lord, bless us. We love you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Oh